Today on Broadway for Thursday, April 18th, 2019, I'm Broadway World's Matt Tamanini. And I am Broadway star James Marino. James, uh, I figured out where you were last night. Um, you're not allowed to talk about it yet, but uh, I figured it out. I couldn't remember on yesterday's show when I did it uh, by myself, but uh, glad to have you back. And I'm not going to lie, because of our first story, Miss Cleo is feeling really, really good right now. Hmm. Uh, I know that you want to talk about it, but uh, that part of the script has been redacted. <laughs> well, we're going to have a press conference about it first, but not give it to you until an hour and a half after the press conference. I will tell everybody about after the, uh, where I was after the press conference. Yes. Okay. Fair enough. Excellent. So uh, on on the Broadway last night, uh, a little show called Town officially opened. So uh, what say you? Uh, well, first off, I say that you need to address it by its full name, 2019 Tony winner for Best Musical, Hadestown. Um, but yes, Hadestown <laughs> opened at the Walter Kerr Theater. Um, it has a, a book and score by Anais Mitchell, and she co-created the show with director Rachel Chavkin. Uh, and the, uh, the choreographer for this show has not been getting a lot of um, recognition leading up to this, but the choreography is fantastic. It's David Newman, uh, scenic design by Rachel Hawk, who also is very important at this show. The main leads, as uh, you should know by now, are Reeve Carney, who plays Orpheus, Eva Noblezada, who plays Eurydice, uh, Andre DeShields, who plays Hermes, Amber Gray, who plays Persephone, and Patrick Page, the king of all worlds, uh, plays Hades. Uh, and James, uh, the reviews are not Hamilton-esque in their raves, but they're for this season, they're pretty damn impressive. We also have uh, highlights from the show, more highlights. They are This is one of the best B-roll packages that I've seen in a long time, so check that out in the show notes. But let's start out where we always do if we can, and that is with the gray lady herself, as Jesse Green of the New York Times made the show a critic's pick, writing, quote, all your favorite Greeks are heading somewhere in Hadestown. The sumptuous, hypnotic, and somewhat hyperactive musical that opened on Wednesday night after its own twisty 13-year road to Broadway. He continues, quote, uh, Hadestown moves the tale to an earth that resembles sassy New Orleans with hella demonic foundry. Yes, Jesse Green in the New York Times said the phrase hella. Um, as such, Miss Mitchell's score combines folk, pop, and Dixieland with rhythmic work shanties and, for the lovers, ethereal arias. All of it sounds great in swinging arrangements for a terrific seven-piece onstage band. Now, talking about the show's stars, he says, quote, Miss Gray, never better, makes something quite brilliant out of Persephone, a free spirit, a loose cannon, a first lady co-opted by wealth yet emotionally subversive. He says that Paige, quote, makes an electrifying, electrifyingly maleficent Hades. Of Carney and Noblezada's character, uh, characters, he says, quote, the main story suffers most from this problem. Outside of their arias, Orpheus and Eurydice are blandly written and thus performed. What starts off as a smart riff on Rent, poor Bohemian girl falls for a musician who can't finish his song, soon becomes vague and merely pretty. Attempts to complicate the character's psychology backfire and their climactic ascent from the underworld, the one thing that worked perfectly downtown now doesn't. They merely walk in circles. Uh... I don't disagree that of the four main characters, the two sets of lovers, that uh, Orpheus and Eurydice are definitely the blander of the of the two. I don't disagree with that. But everything else he said uh, is is completely spot on in its praise for everybody in the show. 
Marilyn Stasio from Variety said, quote, although the production has lost some of the electricity that goes with playing in the round, Rachel, Rachel, uh, director Rachel Chavkin, who has helped with the show's development, has done a super job of adapting this pretty thing for a proscenium stage. What it loses scenically, namely a visual sense of the arduous nature of the hero's journeys to and from the underworld, it makes up for in other ways. Adam Feldman from Time Out New York gave the show four out of five stars and wrote, quote, here's my advice. Go to hell. And by hell, of course, I mean Hadestown, Anais Mitchell's fizzy, moody, thrilling new Broadway musical. Ostensibly, at least, the show is a modern retelling of the ancient Greek myth of Orpheus and Eurydice. It's an old song, sings our narrator, the messenger god Hermes Andre de Shields, a master of arch razzle-dazzle, and we're going to sing it again. But it's the newness of Mitchell's musical count and Rachel Chavkin's gracefully dynamic staging that bring this old story to quivering life. Matt Winman uh, gave the show four out of four stars on, on AM New York. Uh, read his one if you want, but I wanted to throw in that star rating. Now, in an effort of full disclosure, uh, obviously, I'm very proud of the fact that when this show announced its run at the National in London, I predicted it would win the Tony for Best Musical and two, at least two, uh, performance Tonys. Um, so I want to get that out of the way, but I also feel like I do need in this era of both sidesism uh, to report that there are some um, reviews that don't understand um, theater when they see it. Uh, and it was, of course, the usual suspects. Johnny Lekinsinski from the New York Post said, yes, composer Anais Mitchell's musical retelling of the Orpheus and Eurydice myth sounds pleasant and looks more expensive than it did in 2016 at New York Theater Workshop. But this classic this classic tale of love is still too slick and sterile for us to give a damn about her damnation fool. Uh, Terry Teachout from the Wall Street Journal said, quote, while the stage version of Town is longer and considerably more elaborate than the 2010 concept album, it still bears the marks of its origins, and therein lies its chief flaw. Miss Mitchell's songs are beautiful but undramatic. The score runs mainly to slow and medium tempos, which means that the overall narrative pace can feel a bit sluggish. I don't know what show he was watching. Uh, enthralling, though, it is from moment to moment. Even at its frequent best, Hades Town plays more like a song cycle than a stage show. I won't pretend that this isn't a problem, but Rachel Chavkin's endlessly varied direction and David Newman's dances, all of them feel fully integrated into the staging help to keep things on the move as does Rachel Hawk's turntable and trapdoor set. Uh, now, James, I do think that there's something to be said about this show. That there's a, there's a subtlety and a coolness to it that is baked into the storytelling that I can understand uh, turning people off to, but I, I found it as I made very clear on social media, uh, incredibly powerful, incredibly moving. I literally teared up, because of the staging, it is so brilliantly staged that um, if Rachel Chavkin doesn't win her Tony that she was robbed of uh, for a great comment, I uh, I will press charges on somebody. I don't know who yet, though. Oh, great. <laughs> uh, Burr. Sure. Yeah. OK. So um, uh, I found a little gem of a podcast called Bottomless Broadway. Have you heard Bottomless Broadway. I, I have not heard it. I've heard of it though. It's a, a kind of a, a, a take on broad wasted, but instead of like talking about stories and playing games, they drink and give reviews, right? Uh, well, I've only listened to one episode. It was the Hades Town episode, and uh, the two women that host this thing. I don't think they were drinking, 
Um, but oh, they did a okay. deep dive and history of Hades Town and all the different productions back to a community theater production. I didn't realize that it started in community theater. Did you know that? So um, uh, no. So yeah, and uh, and uh, very interesting. They were like, uh, they can't wait for the cast recording to come out. But they, but until the cast recording came out, they've put together uh, a whole bunch of different. Uh, Recordings that have been released along the way from a concept recording to the four-piece recording to the live recording, uh, and so they could listen to it. But I, I, if you really want to find out more information about Town and the genesis of this project, uh, take a listen to Bottomless Broadway. And uh, get on the train now because Town is leaving the station. Yeah. Tickets will be harder to come by soon. Yeah, exactly. Oh, look at this. Uh, the Drama League announces the 2019 nominees. Yeah, James, this is the catch-all of awards yep. as they nominate a crap ton of things in every category. Um, as I was starting to like write these out, I was like, do I really need to do all of – like, do I need to type all of these out? <laughs> um, Can you copy and paste that from a Broadway World article? I can, and I did in some cases. But then like the spacing is weird in my – I hate that. Yeah, like I got to go back and – get rid of the spacing. It's just easier. Um, but I'm going to run through them just because it is a good reminder as we lead into some of the other awards as to what shows are eligible still, uh, because these do account for both Broadway and off Broadway uh, shows. So it goes all the way back a year. And I found actually seeing some of these shows names again, that I was like, Oh yeah, that should be nominated or this person should be nominated uh, that I might not have thought of on my own. So I'm going to do these quickly. If you, James, if you want to jump in at any point to say something, feel free, of course. Well, wait one second. While you do this, I'm going to go, go make some breakfast. <laughs> Good idea. Good idea. Okay. So for outstanding production of a Broadway or off-Broadway play, we had Collective Rage at Play in Five Bettys, Dance Nation, Fairview, The Ferryman, Gary, a sequel to Titus Andronicus, The House That Will Not Stand, The Jungle, The Lehman Trilogy, Network, Paradise Blue, Teenage Dick, To Kill a Mockingbird, and What the Constitution Means to Me. Outstanding revival of a Broadway or off-Broadway play was All My Sons, Bozeman and Lena, Burn This, By the Way, Meet Vera Stark, Choir Boy, King Lear, Torch Song, Twelfth Night, and The Waverly Gallery. Outstanding production of a Broadway or off-Broadway musical, the nominees were Ain't Too Proud, The Life and Times of the Temptations, Beetlejuice, Be More Chill, The Share Show, Hades Town, Head Over Heels, The Hello Girls, King Kong, The Prom, Rags Parkland, Sings the Songs of the Future, and Tootsie, which means that only uh, Getting the Band Back Together and Pretty Woman were the only Broadway musicals not to get nominated. Ouch. Um, and Outstanding Revival of a Broadway or Off-Broadway Musical was Carmen Jones, Fiddler on the Roof in Yiddish, Kiss Me Kate, Oklahoma, and Ordinary Days. Now that brings us to the Distinguished Performance Award. Uh, and remember that they nominate around 50-ish people, but there's only one winner from all of these people. They just pick one winner and former recipients – of the performance award are not eligible, even if they were in the season. So sorry, Stockard, Glenn, Cherry, Nathan, Lithgow, and Stephen Rhea. Um, so here are the nominees. Brooks Ashmanskis, Annette Benning, Quincy Tyler, Bernstein, Stephanie J. Block, Ebony Booth, Alex Brightman, Josh Charles, Patty Considine, Jordan E. Cooper, Brian Cranston, Jeff Daniels, Jessica Francis Dukes, Andre DeShields, Adam Driver, Edie Falco, Santina Fontana, Harriet D. Foy, Lydia Gravitt, Amber Gray, Jake Gyllenhaal, Amar Haj Ahmad, Ethan Hawke, Marin Ireland, Zainab Job, uh, Nikki M. James, Celia Keenan-Bolger, Leslie Kritzer, Beth Level, Tracy Letts, Elaine May, Janet McTeer, 
uh, Laurie Metcalf, Bonnie Milligan, Greg Mazgala, Kelly O'Hara, Jeremy Pope, Carrie Mulligan, Anika Noni Rose, Deborah, J- uh, Deborah Joe Rupp, Stacey Sargent, Heidi Schreck, Stephen Skybell, Keith Randolph Smith, Ali Stroker, Michael Stuhlbarg, uh, Ephraim Sykes, Ben Turner, Anna Viafanye, Phoebe Waller Bridge, Carrie Washington, Julie White, Ruth Wilson, and BD Wong. One thing to note about these, James, is that you can only have two nominees per show. So that's why you had Amber Gray and Andre DeShields, but no uh, Patrick Page. And they, there's a term that is used in more colorful, color, colorful, colorful circles to describe things or organizations that are really impressed by stars. Uh, it's profane, so I'm not going to say that. But this would explain this list because there are a lot of like big names. If you're a big name that does anything on or off Broadway, you're going to make this this nomination list. So while there's about 50 people making a bet on anybody is going to give you long odds. But I would think, James, that the likely person, like the most likely, the smart money would be on Elaine May uh, just because of all the goodwill that she has for an entire career. Um, and before we finish this up, they've uh, they have three special recognitions that were previously announced. But I want to remind you of Distinguished Achievement in Musical Theater is going to go to Kelly O'Hara. The Founders Award for Excellence in Directing will go to Alex Timbers and Unique Contribution to the Theater, which I think describes this person perfectly. will go to Taylor Mack. We call this the John Deere Awards. You know why? Uh, I do not. Because John Deere is a star trucker. Thank you. Thank anyway, you very much. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, I saw up on towards the top back an outstanding production of a Broadway or off-Broadway musical. You, you had a little typo and you wrote Eeyore Chill. And I was like, if Eeyore was in Ch- Be More Chill, that'd be interesting. Woe is me. All right. The Muni announces. Oh, we're back to the Muni time. Hey, summer's coming up. The Muni announces initial casting for its 101st season. Are they doing 101 Dalmatians? Uh, no, but there was a musical version of that that uh, toured, I believe. Um, but yes, yesterday the venerated St. Louis Muni Theater announced the initial casting for their 101st season. The massive outdoor theater runs week-ish long productions for two months, pretty much back-to-back from June through August and always has top-notch Broadway talent, James. I'm going to run through some of the stars that they announced yesterday. Uh, for Guys and Dolls, which is going to run from June 10th through the 16th, we'll have uh, Ben Davis as Sky Masterson, Brittany Bradford as Sarah Brown, Jordan Gelber as Nathan Detroit, and Kendra Kassebaum as Miss Adelaide. They're going to be doing the very first regional production of Kinky Boots at the Muni from June 19th through the 25th. Graham Scott Fleming, who played Charlie in uh, in Canada, uh, he's going to be playing Charlie again. Jay Harrison Gee, who has been with the show in so many different types of, of incarnations he will be playing lola and taylor louderman who played lauren on broadway will be returning to her home state of missouri to play the role there 1776 will be running from june 27th through july 3rd i mean give it a one day extension guys come on um robert petkoff will be playing john adams and adam heller will be playing benjamin franklin keith hines jr will play thomas jefferson then Rogers and Hammerstein's Cinderella will run from July 8th through the 16th. Michaela Bennett will play Ella. Jason Gote as Topher. Ashley Brown will play Marie, the first of two uh, Mary Poppins to be in the beauty season. And then Vicki Lewis will play Madame. Footloose from July 18th through the 24th will star Jeremy Kushner 
who did the show, who made his Broadway debut as Ren McCormick 21 years ago, but he will now be playing Reverend Shaw Moore. Uh, Mason Reeves will play Ren and Mackenzie Kurtz will play Ariel. Then we will have Lerner and Lowe's Paint Your Wagon from July 27th through August 2nd. Matt Bogart will play Ben Rumson. Mamie Paris will pay, play Kayla Woodling. Um, and those are the only people whose names I know. Here's where it gets interesting, James. This is like very odd casting for these roles. Uh, and I'm not going to lie on some of these. So we're going to have Matilda at the Muni from August 5th through the 11th. And playing Miss Trunchbull, the ugly hunchbacked, the school principal will be the incredibly gorgeous Will Swenson. Like that seems, seems weird. Then the other Mary Poppins in the season, Laura Michelle Kelly will be playing Miss Honey. Um, I love Laura Michelle Kelly. I've seen her in concert at 54 below. She seems a little mature for Miss Honey, but whatever. Then we've got Anne Harada playing Mrs. Wormwood. Love Anne Harada. We are very pro Anne Harada on we this are. show. Yes, we, we, we have made that point many, many times over the three years. Doesn't seem to me to be the dancer that this show normally has in that role. I mean, we're thinking uh, uh, Leslie Margarita, who did that role with all of that crazy dancing. Um, but she's uh, playing Mrs. Wormwood and Josh Grizzetti is playing Mr. Wormwood, who I think is is probably a, a just fine there. Um, but great seasons. If you want more information, you can check out Muni.org. But uh it's still going to be hot if you go to any of those shows. <laughs> you know, uh, it's so large, the Muni. It's uh, it's like, um, you know, if you were to watch a big, like if they were to do a musical in, say, Ohio Stadium, yeah. you know. Uh, so do you have to be a great dancer? And from that distance, can you really tell the age of things like that? Uh, That's a good point. That's a good point. You know, it's, uh, it could be that. So what do we have in other news? Okay, we've got some other news in here, James. Fresh on the heels of the announcement that TV mega producer Ryan Murphy was going to be bringing a film version of the Broadway musical The Prom to his new artistic home of Netflix. It was announced yesterday that Murphy would be bringing a film version of The Boys in the Band to the streaming service in 2020. Murphy produced the show's Broadway revival all the way at the very beginning of the season and will be bringing back the entire openly gay cast for the screen version of Mark Crawley's groundbreaking work. Um, I do want to note something I should have noted in the Drama League announcements. Um, the Boys in the Band was not eligible for any of those awards because they did not make tickets available for the nominators. So that's why none of those people or that show is available for that. But um, speaking of groundbreaking work and just groundbreaking in general, yesterday Time Magazine released the 2019 version of its top 100 most influential people list and smack dab in the middle, not of the artists category, but of the pioneers category is two time Pulitzer Prize winner Lynn Nottage, Tony and Emmy nominee Martha Plimpton who was also a substantial activist in her own right and starred in Nottage's Pulitzer Prize-winning play uh, Sweat over in London, wrote the lovely message that accompanied Nottage's inclusion. And almost to celebrate the honor, I guess, yesterday the Atlantic Theatre Company announced an extension of Nottage's next New York-bound work, the musical adaptation of The Secret Life of Bees. Nottage is writing the book, while Susan Birkenhead and Duncan Sheik are writing the lyrics and music respectively. The show is now scheduled to run an extra week off-Broadway through July 14th. And also an Announcing a one-week extension is New York's signature theater's production of Sam Shepard's play, Curse of the Starving Class. The show will now play through June 2nd. 
So you talked about the Oklahoma thing yesterday while I wasn't here, uh, <laughs> but I have some concepts. Can you hear them out okay, for bring, a second? Yeah, bring it. Let's do it. So maybe uh, they're going to be like half-hour comedy sitcom type of like everybody loves Raymond type of thing. But you know that scene where where uh, Curly and Judd do the dark. Uh, poor old Judd is dead scene with the darkness and things yeah. like that. I mean, yeah. maybe Curly and uh, Curly and Judd could do the Odd Couple. You know, uh, you know, right? It's... Where they want they want each other to die. Yeah, yeah. Or exactly. I, I, I personally think that there is quite a bit of of I don't know if this is a proper term. So if it's not, forgive me. This is what. Our good friend Robbie Rosella and I discussed after we saw the show together at St. Anne's, there is a ton of homoeroticism in those scenes between Curly and Judd uh, in Sexy Oklahoma. So maybe that's an angle they could take the odd couple as well. Hmm. Yeah. Maybe uh, Felix and Oscar's wife kicked him out for other reasons. <laughs> Very well done. Yes. Thank you. All right, Matt, why don't you get us out of here? All right, thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Matt. And I do want to note, right when we passed the 20-minute mark, things got weird. Yeah, I was just going to say that. You know, just when we passed 20 minutes, it, it kind of went off the rails there. Got to uh, make sure we keep it under 20. And my name is James Marino from BroadwayRadio.com and BroadwayStars.com. Thanks for spending some of your Thursday with us. And uh, what are we doing tomorrow? Am I back? Are you we back? are. We're going to be back a little later on Friday morning. Oh, we'll be back later on Friday morning. So we'll talk to you then. 